Unlocked Uncensored. What up, everybody? This is Jason Lee, and this is Hollywood Unlocked Uncensored. And what up? It's your girl, April Jones, and I'm in the building. Yo, it's DJ Damage. Let's get this show started. We have a real legend in the building. Yes, somebody, we do. Somebody who says she followed me, she's scared of me. Uh, yo, yo. West Coast? <laughs> well, not really scared of you. Yeah. I, I, I love your post, but you know. Uh, I'm a little bit much. No, no, no. I, I've been watching. <laughs> I've been loving all the stuff you've been posting lately, empowering and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yo, right. yo. Compton, California. Yes. There's <laughs> no fear in your blood anywhere. You well, 30 years in hip hop, there's no fear. Oh, I know when you can't. So we have a mutual friend. <laughs> Who's that? Queen Latifah. Oh, shut Dana. Up. I yes. talked to Dana the other day. Aww. I didn't know that you were coming on the show. I would have said, you know, Yo Yo's coming on. I would try to see if, you know, she could give me something to talk about. Some, some I don't know. <laughs> oh, that I love her so much. <laughs> but you guys love each other. I mean, we've been, yes. Yes. So, so back, so you've been in the game for 30 years. When yes. you look back over hip hop, I'm celebrating. I'm getting close to 30 Come years. On. We're almost at the peak. I'm going to have the biggest party ever for 30 years. Are we, can we come? I'm gonna yes yes come to Jamaica baby come. Oh, oh, Jamaica? I'll come to Jamaica come oh, come yeah. come now look. wait so <laughs> thirty there. years how do you still look so young like you look exactly the same you, you know what it is it's I'm working with the youth the they youth keep you has, young the ah, youth the has kept me youthful oh, yeah that's why I date mid twenties <laughs> that's why I'm never dating older than thirty again really really well thirty five maybe forty two. <laughs> all right, all right, because thirty-five is like twenty-eight. It is. Well, maybe forty. Yeah, maybe what? forty. What? Maybe yeah. then you get a thirty-five, 39. six. Yeah, thirty-nine. Well, and I'm getting ready to be forty-two. So I mean, forty-two it's, can be good. You thirty. Forty-two in dog years. That's about thirty. Thirty. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> Wait, don't put us in dog years. Right. Wait a minute. But, 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 I mean, I'm just that's a I'm I'm here. that's, that's okay. a metaphor. Yeah, that's it. Yo, yo, th- that's okay. Most men are dogs. It's dog years. Yeah. yeah. All right. Anyway, He's I'm 28 and I do feel 35 though. So, so I like that. So uh, I remember. 28. Mm-hmm. Oh God. I remember when you, Dana, and MC Light, <laughs> you, Dana, and MC Light did the remix to Brandy's uh, "Best Friend." Yes. That was the most. I-, I felt it was probably one of the most amazing collaborations that I had uh, remembered from that era. Was mm-hmm. that yours? Guess what? It was the first. Was it the first that we had ever done? MC Light and I were label mates, and uh, Brandy was Warner as well. Yeah, we were all in the same era. Brandy and I, both from Carson, California. Hey. Uh, yep, see, our son. And um, although we had, you know, there was only one girl to a clique. So um, we never could really get together the way we, we wanted to because it was almost like, you know, we were pinned against each other. Mm-hmm. And so when they came with us, when Keith Crouch gave me a call and said, hey, listen, I have this song I'm doing with Brandy, and I want you to be a part of it. I mean, and that was also the first time R&B and hip-hop had really started collabing. Yeah. Mm. So it was really big because, you know, hip-hop had had this big old brand of just being, especially from the West Coast, gangster hip-hop. And to be associated with it from the East Coast when there was that beef where, you know, East Coast wasn't really accepting West Coast. NWA couldn't go across the, the, mm-hmm. the, the I water. remember that. Yeah, so it was it was a lot at that time happening. So for all of that to happen, for girls to be pinned against each other, for the East and West to be beefing, and for R&B to be mixing. It was it a was lot going on. Humongous. Yeah. Do you think it got the, rec- the recognition for how big it was for music and hip-hop? No, because I'm still waiting on that royalty check. <laughs> Who has to cut the check, Warner or Brandy? They still can't get it together. <laughs> really? Yeah, but you you guys came back together and you recreated that moment at the BET Hip Hop Awards, right? I love it. 
it's always magic. One thing about I can say about Queen is she is who she is and where she is is where she's supposed to be because she has that magic. She's brought us together for another T-Mobile event she had, her birthday celebration. She always brings us together. Oh, y'all y'all celebrated her birthday this year? No, we did that, what, three years, three years ago? Oh, okay, okay. Because I was definitely about to text her because I didn't get an invite this year. I know, huh? Did <laughs> now, I celebrate? I'm always celebrating her birthday. But what's so crazy oh, is... Oh, no, I called her for her birthday this she, year. She's, she's amazing. So when you say the ind- you were pinned against each other, was it the industry pinning you all against each other or was it just the culture of where music and the world was at that time? It wasn't the industry, you know, and that's so crazy a lot. So crazy. I, I don't ever think it was the industry, but smoke and mirrors it was. Mm-hmm. The industry. Because, you know, it was so male-dominated and they were only yeah. taking men's advice and whatever the man said. And, and so it was so much like that that we felt like, you know... Yo-Yo was from Ice Cube's camp. Mm-hmm. You know, Queen Latifah was her, you know, her own camp. And, mm-hmm. well, she, you know, she had, naughty, she by was nature, naughty by nature. Although yeah, she was the queen of the camp. She was it from was Jersey. Still, yeah. She was Jersey. And, you know, same thing. It was just different. Um, so I don't think we were pinned against each other. I, I think it was just the industry. But were you all... Um, that made us feel as if we were competitive, even though we weren't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because even when we tried to get together... I mean, I remember asking Sylvia Roan, yo, could we link, you know, are we, can we do a song together? Light and I were on the same label. Can we do something together? You know? So we had to really work hard, seeming like it, we had to work hard to get us even together. Mm. A lot of people from, uh, I call your era, the golden age of hip hop, say so many things have changed over the years. If you look at today's landscape of yeah. the game, but just hearing this story, it sounds like a lot of things are still the same. In your perspective, because you're still in the game, you do radio, what are some of those things that still are the same, that haven't changed? What hasn't changed? I was going to, I thought she was going to say, what's changed? I mean, I everybody say, talks money. about what's changed. All the girl we need is money. <laughs> <laughs> but talk about that. Why, why do you think that there's more opportunity with the money now in hip hop? Well, because we did it just for the art. We did it just for the love. Right. I mean, when we first got in it, we had been doing this and we had, we had made our path for ourselves. I mean, Los Angeles knew me before Ice Cube knew mm. me. And Ice Cube had to get to know me because I had already paved the way. I wasn't studio produced. I didn't understand how uh, successful or financially beneficial this was going to be for someone. Or I didn't understand the brand. You didn't understand the business of it all. No one understood it. It was mm-hmm. so raw and so real that you really just had to produce yourself. Right. And so that was the... that was when it was really real mm. because you know it was the culture of hip hop i think now there's so many manufactured artists that are coming oh, out God. and and and, and, and no dis- but and no disrespect to them because you know sometimes you don't know which direction to go in and you need someone to produce you you need someone to help you and guide you and a lot of people say hey i never had direction right. i wish i had had direction so i could have been more or better than I am now. So it's okay to manufacture. You see somebody that's got some skills and they're artists. And an artist is an all-around artist. So now that's why you see Ice Cube doing movies. You see other yeah. people doing right. An Latifa. artist is an yeah. artist. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, no I don't know. A lot of judgmental. Right. And a lot of people are using, you know, social media and uh, as platforms to kind of brand themselves. Yeah. So how did, back then, you know, we, you guys... It wasn't prevalent like that. They would tell so us we had a you, photo shoot. Right. So how did you become so known in your community? How did you do it? Oh, God. I did it the 
organic way. Um, before, you know, I'm a major baby, first mm-hmm. of all, and I didn't know anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I, I didn't even know the culture. I didn't even know who was playing our music, what demographic was listening Man. to it. I mean, I remember journalists saying, you know, is hip hop here to stay? And do you feel oh, yeah. you, do right. you feel like you know they're degrading you when they call women bitches? And I was from South Central Los Angeles. I'm like, they're not talking to me. They calling her a bitch. Well, That's and, the well, bitch. And, gangsta, <laughs> and, 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 gang, and gangsta rap when you came out was something from a female that we had never heard. And then Lil Kim when she came out with the sexual over sexualized lyrics was something we had never heard. I feel like all of you were really transitioning music. Uh, from and, the ground, from the grassroots, and I didn't even like them to call it gangster rap when they called it gangster rap because when we got in the studio, mm-hmm. and and what changed hip hop in the minds of an artist is when artists start saying they were artists and that they could visualize and create images and make things happen. Mm-hmm. Remember, Boss. Mm-hmm. Remember, Boss came out and said that she went to a certain kind of school and she was a Christian, a rap, or whatever, and mm-hmm. they they degraded her. She lost she lost some 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 points. Behind that, because they felt like, oh, you weren't really representing. That really started changing the game because people started feeling like they had to live instead of telling a story as an artist was, mm-hmm. could, would, mm-hmm. you know? So you were um, you were discovered by Ice Cube, were actually yes. brought to the world by Ice Cube. Yeah. But then you also dated Tupac. I, How was that? that yes, yeah, my son. No, I'm but then you guys, you guys, you guys dated, right? For all the yeah, ladies. Yeah, and he's still my son. He, I, I, Yeah, I ran him. I, I beat him in every battle. <laughs> every time we got around someone, he wanted to challenge me. And then at night, he'd kiss me softly. So was... <laughs> so, <laughs> so I have a friend. I, I have a friend who, who used to be sexually involved with Tupac. She actually has a, re- uh, a letter he wrote her that she has framed at her house. They're trying to buy it from her, but she Is that it. mine? No, it's not. He wrote you one too? What? <laughs> Oh, swear. So he, no, he swear to God. He was just a love letter writer. He was, huh? a, love, he was a love letter just writer. Kissing Bandit. But she, Jada she, got a she, too. she told me, who? Well, yeah, we will eat all. Yeah. I, well, he loved Jada. Is, you know, and, and Jada and I are really good friends, and mm-hmm. we spoke about Tupac a long time ago, and he told me about, you know, mm-hmm. them being best friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Were you in love with him? Uh, yes, and I loved him so much that he became like a brother to me. He got on my nerves so bad because, you know, when we started, he used to tell me the stories of how he uh, traveled and, you know, all the, well, all of the things that he went through in his past with his parents. Uh, you know, he was just a starving artist when I met him, hanging around the studio and at Street Knowledge down on, off Crenshaw. And um, we started touring together. He was just a dancer, mm-hmm. you know, for, you know, Humpty. <laughs> and... Um, we really hung out, I mean, and, and we talked. I mean, I knew all of his raps. He would come, and I mean, he would always say, like, you need to write a rap like this. You need to say, I'm a rap with my best friend's man. I said, I can't write a rap. I'm, I would never be in love with my best friend's man. Yeah. You know, but he, we would always go everywhere we'd go. We'd battle. Um, I loved him. I remember the first interview he ever did, and I read it because I knew him as – you know, his mom was a part of the Panthers, and I knew his whole family. Mm-hmm. You know, he brought me to New York to mentor his sister. And, you know, a bunch of stuff happened. When I read his first interview, I was disappointed because I read what I thought wasn't him. Right. 
you know, because no, I, I thought he was a soldier and all this other good stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, I loved him so much. We became friends. I wait, remember- wait. So when you read that interview, what did you? What did you? What was your perception of what you? Were oh, reading? he was just a lot of niggas. It was everything was just nigga, nigga, nigga. And before it was just more of the black power black movement. Mm-hmm. It was just more of community. A, it was more of you know Nefertiti Queen, blah blah blah. And then the interview was something totally different. And I was just like, why do you have to say nigga so much? And you know. And that was the language that we use in the streets, but it was just him. I, I felt like he was just, he was the first black rapper that I had met from the West Coast, even though he had, you know, come from other places, to have had a soldier mentality, mm. was lyrically dope, um, who lived and breathed it, um, but was, I mean, could could kill you in rhyme. To get on that stage and watch Tupac, I mean, I see um, Ja Rule perform. He reminds me of him a little bit. But to see Tupac on stage was explosive. Mm. And I fell in love, actually, with the artist. You know what's so crazy? As you describe it, I could actually feel the energy from you. Yeah. And mm-hmm. when other people talk about some of the artists today, so, and, and I, I I blame it on the digital download. I blame it on social media. Anybody can be a star. You just turn it on, on your internet, yeah. and all of a sudden you're a star. But back in the day, I remember when the whole East West Coast beef happened. And, you know, I remember being that I've never had the privilege of seeing Tupac, but I did get to see Big. And I remember being there, 30,000 people. And wow. just his the energy was uh, I mean, it was something that I've never seen again. Yeah. And when you when you, I lived through the era of both of those people being killed yeah. and you did as well. And you mm. were in the industry. What what impact did the death of Tupac have on you? I, you know, I thought Tupac was going to live forever. You know, it really devastated me. I mean, I remember getting a call and um, flying to Vegas, you know, looking at everybody in the hospital and them telling us, you know, you only have a certain amount of time to see him. They're going to close off um, visiting. And um, Kadada and I went in together. And at that time, he was dating Kadada. And Kadada and I went in together. And, um, you know, it's my first time seeing him and, I'm just looking up under the covers. I'm just checking them out. And I, you know, I first of all, I just started praying. I'm just like, God bless them. But, you know, and I was telling them, I was like, everybody's calling up here for you. People are, you know, they saying you're going to make it, blah, blah, blah. You know, and I looked at them and, you know, I just, I was like, you know, um, they came. So a guy came out the door and said, you guys have to leave now, you know. And Was he awake or he was in a coma? Listen, I didn't know that. I asked him if he knew who shot him, who did whatever else. He was like. Mm, and then, mm, which I didn't understand, and I, that always plays in my mind to this day. Um, also, I remember a guy coming out the room and saying, you guys, it's time for us to go. And I remember Tupac looking me in my eyes, like as if you were looking. He said, mm-mm. And I said, he don't want us to go. I guess he wanted mm. me to keep asking him questions and talking to him. Um, he, the guy let us stay a little bit longer. We left because I had that communication with him. When I left and flew back to Los Angeles, in my spirit, I just knew that Pac had nine lives. He had already been shot before. He was a guy that went to jail and always got out. I mean, he found a way. When I talked to him from prison, he just had this I know what I'm doing attitude, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of person. So I literally, when I went home, just I swear I thought he was going to survive. I thought that this would be a lesson that he would really learn from, but I thought he would survive. And when I got the call that... He had died. I never forget. I was on my way to my lawyer's house on uh, in Beverly Hills on Century City Parkway East or something, and I had to pull over. And I'm like, "What?" Because I just never thought he would die. 
I had never met Tupac, but, you know, I had been shot at 15. I had seen my brother get murdered at 19. And I know for me how devastating it was to see my brother die. Not knowing Tupac, it felt like my brother had died. It felt like, and I didn't have the privilege of knowing him. This is somebody I remember really wanting to go and see him. um, And my other brother was going to take me to go see him in Oakland. And the concert got canceled on the way. And I never got to see him, but I just... You know, whenever a death like that that has so much impact on people, you could literally, you pulled over. I'm sure there were a lot of people pulled over. You know, um, my sister was crying. Our whole community was sad. I felt like the whole world had grieved. And we didn't have social media at the time, so we weren't connected on social media. But you can go in your neighborhood. You can go anywhere, and you could feel the impact that that death had. And then, you know, just recently, we just had the passing of Nipsey Hussle. Um, This feels so similar. You know Nipsey, or you, you know Nipsey. Yes, I do. What was your relationship like with uh, Nip? Well, you know, I, I remember him as just a young man selling his CDs mm-hmm. in the community in Ralph's parking lot. Um, I grew to know him. My school of hip-hop was right off of Slauson, and I would see him, and I invited him to come down to the school of hip-hop. We went and supported his store everywhere. You know, he was just one of those people who just always showed up. I would see him at the store always. in his Bentley with his top back and his daughter in the passenger seat. And he'd hop out and go in and get what he needed and come on back. You know, a free spirit, a man who, in my life, in my eyes, turned his life around for the better of his community. Mm-hmm. He does the work that I do. And there's not a lot of hip-hop artists that you see on the West Coast that does the work that we do. And people, you know, I was doing an interview yesterday, and a lady said, you know, have you ever felt afraid? And I said, I never really felt afraid because when you work for your city. You mean in the work and going back into your community? Yeah. When you work for your city, I mean, hip-hop. In the beginning, yeah, I used to watch. I used to drive around the block a couple of times. Right. I, you know, I need. I felt like I needed security. But once you start working in your community, there's a certain kind of freedom. You kind of feel, feel like protected. you have a relationship yeah. with God. Mm-hmm. Well, you feel like you like you yeah. like like you've surrendered to God, or like you have this kind of relationship right. with the community to say, "Hey, listen, I'm not against you. I might have made some mistakes in my life, but I'm not against you." And there's this. I mean, I feel it, Mm -hmm. you know, I can go places by myself. I mean, going to his, Mm -hmm. the site when we went to. (sighs) But the idea that he, because we were there for the opening of uh, his store on Crenshaw and Slauson. He was so proud of how he merged technology and fashion, how he had bought property uh, in the community where he came from. And one of the last things he said in the video was, I'm excited to see where all this goes. And so where it all went was him dying at that same place. And and by somebody that they say allegedly is from his hood. So has a picture. Did you see the picture of them together? Yeah, that's this is the craziest. This is the craziest. The part. picture of him is on Nipsey's page. Did you see the picture? Oh no, with them two together. With them two together. Him. Did you not see the picture? Oh, I didn't see that. Did you not see the picture? And let me just show you the picture. I just got this today. This is on Nipsey's page. Check it. That's on Nipsey's page. Yeah, they knew but like you said, when you, you see know, the guy circle, but isn't that the craziest thing? And that I goes back that. to where there, a lot of people get criticized of when you make it out the hood, it's your responsibility to go back to the hood. But then when you go back to the hood, the people in the hood that you are around take you out. It's discouraging sometimes. It's scary because you want to go back and build the community. That's that's mm-hmm. what they tell you you're supposed to do. You're not supposed to leave home. He's sitting there building businesses, creating opportunities for the youth, for the future. 
And then that happens. It's and like, that's it's the sick. Malcolm X in us. That's the Martin Luther King in us. That's yeah. the Sister Soldier in us. That's the the it, Panther. In, and that was the that Tupac the, in us. That's the Tupac in us. That is that is what we are supposed to do. And fearless is that's why I call myself fearless because we are doing what we're supposed to do. The people in our community consider us heroes. Even though we don't want to say that we are role models, we are because Marvin Gaye was a role model. James Brown was a right. role model. Uh, uh, Muhammad Ali, every successful black person who has made it out of the black community is considered a role model. Mm -hmm. And you kind of have to own that at some point point in your life when you are transitioning in order to get to the next level there is a compromise that has to take place and that compromise is God is not going to give you the key to rule over the kingdom unless you right. can rule over all the people and so somewhere in your body you have to find a settlement that you, you understand you have to right. find a comfortability to settle mm -hmm. so Charlemagne and I were trying to process Charlemagne and I were trying to process the death of Nipsey Hussle. Mm. And because it's really hard to, to wrap our minds around yeah. who's responsible. Is it the community? No. It, that's, well, that's the question I ask. So who is responsible? This is when you come from the inner city, man, sometimes it's like a fuck you to people when you, when you make it. There's some people that look at your success and when you do something positive as like you're, you're, you're attacking me. For some, some people take this success that Nipsey Hussle had, and not just success of just being a rapper and performing right. and wearing jewelry, what he's doing with the community, when everybody's on your side, there's always going to be that one person like, well, I'm not on his side. Well, I don't like what he's doing. But I, and, I, and I get that. And, and if you've been in a gang before, and you're a gang, and you, you, know, you have gang ties, and I, you know, I don't mean this in no disrespect, but you, know, you, know, you have to have some security. I mean, you know, Right there in the hood, you know, there's just certain places I still don't go. You know, I'm not stopping at certain gas right, stations. I don't care right. how successful I am exactly. and how much I work in the community. There's just certain places you're not going to go. And if I do, I feel like, in, and if I had these prior ties, then I'm going to need somebody with me at all times, like the people for this Jewish community who had them people. Mm -hmm. You know, I really do feel like, yeah, it's time for them to set up, set up shop. You're going to need some people, so some security, some armed men that, you know, if you they come for me, you know, you're going to get it back. You're going to get it back. So, I mean, to run away. It's sick because it's so, the same gang. Right. What well, changes do you feel y'all need to be made to end gun violence in the black community? Education. Education really is the uh, pathway to freedom. Everything Nipsey things. was doing. And gang violence, too. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, everything he was standing for. I mean, but, you know, I'm just saying in our community. Yeah. There's so much. I mean, you know, look how many kids... The literacy problem that we're having. I mean, we're talking about this new election and all this stuff going on. What needs to change in our community? You mm -hmm. can give them money. You can give them a job. But if they aren't educated enough, if you're not educating this new generation and they are not able to sustain for themselves, then you are only creating the gener generational curse that has already been placed upon our community. Mm -hmm. I, and I remember back in the day when there was this whole thing about whether taking free lunch out of school. If kids don't have access to good education, right. nutrition, most kids that come from impoverished communities may not have a lunchbox or food to put in a lunchbox. True. And if they don't have nutrition and they don't have the right the access to the same education that other races or other people right. may have, 
and on every corner in their community is a liquor store or mm-hmm. a Walmart putting out small businesses. Of mm-hmm. course, you're going to have experiences where people are literally living as animals. And you have to go out of your community. You to have to it. go out of your community to get an education to come back. Yep. Now you look at as different. Right. right. So when you look at Nipsey's death, you were just at the vigil, the memorial the other night. I was in uh, New York and I was looking on Instagram and it looked like the entire city of Los Angeles had come out to support yeah. this uh, very special moment. Uh, what was the experience? What did it feel like? And uh, what did you see? Well, first of all, just the love period. I mean, just the everyone was out there just to show their love and support. I mean, I always felt the tension because. I just didn't, I I knew it had to be more than just a Dr. Sabi conspiracy. People said, you know, he did this interview, he was doing this documentary about Dr. Sabi mm-hmm. and, and they, you know, the conspiracy that they think Dr. Sabi died. Mm-hmm. Um, someone Being killed a holistic him. Doctor. Murdered, yeah. Exactly, yeah, the, exactly. Holistic the, doctor. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, I, I, I felt in my spirit, you know, I said, someone you know, he must have told them no. Maybe they asked for some money, and you know, he mm-hmm. turned them down. Maybe he embarrassed him he did. He, that's or something. Exactly what happened. And exactly. came back, you know, and and murked him. Yeah. He he told the guy that he shouldn't be around here because uh, he was a snitch. Allegedly, wow. he was an informant, so he's like, you shouldn't be around here. And the guy came back. His yeah. friend. Yeah. In front of his kids. Mm-hmm. In front of his store, which I, I consider to be his home. Mm-hmm. It's sick. I wasn't. Uh, I was like five or six years old when Tupac passed, and I still felt the impact of this, or of that death. But this one right here, I felt like I really lost a brother. I didn't want to go on the internet. Like yeah. I really felt like this was somebody I was hanging with every day, just because everything he stood for was to push the culture forward. It was so selfless. The music he was making, if you listen to the message, the things he was doing in his community, even when you talk to him one on one, the advice and jewels he would give you as a person. If it felt like you just lost a brother, and it's like, it's the whole thing was well, to inspire. And I just the pictures. Mm-hmm. He just took those beautiful pictures with his fiance Lauren. Yes. You know, and those were Repping just when LA. I saw those yes. pictures. I mean, beautiful. I think she's referring to the GQ photos. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. The yeah. GQ, beautiful, and I, I just thought about her. You know, just a new mom. You know, she just posted a picture of she and her son and, you know, him making a funny comment. And mm. Well, I had recently saw both of them at the Rock Nation brunch and both of them had matching maroon outfits on. And I remember from a distance looking at both of them and saying, one, they look so good together. Wow. Two, you could tell they're soulmates. You could tell they belong like. There's this whole thing where I said, well, I don't believe I have a soulmate out there. Yeah. I'm going to be single forever. But when two people are on this earth somewhere and find a way to find each other. Yeah. So when I got up on them, Nipsey was talking to somebody else and I was talking to Lauren and I said, um, man, you, you got you a good one. You know, I really like y'all together. <laughs> and she said, yeah, that's my partner. So I she immediately felt him. for her and it was good to see the outpouring of support for her. His career, man, looking at it like 33 years old, really at the peak. It's not even at the peak. He was right there just... Finally getting accepted, Grammy nominations, GQ's covering, Forbes interviews. Like, he was just opening up his future. Like, he put so much work in. I remember being in Philly. You know, I'm not from the West Coast. Knowing Nipsey 10 years ago mm. and just watching how far he came. Like, wow, it's not, now it's not, it's not a surprise to see Nipsey doing a Forbes interview. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, like he was just opening those doors to really impact the culture the way he wanted to. And it's just, 
Yeah, hip hop is something, you know, to find yourself in a place where music is the main attraction and to find yourself because so many people mm. find themselves famous and then gone. Mm. But to find yourself as a young black man in South Central Los Angeles, the gang culture of the world, and to find a way out of it. I mean, to have a relationships with the Los Angeles Police Department, to have scheduled a meeting the day after your death to talk about gang ties and creating a relationship with the police and the community. I mean, it, it was so big. A lot of people, first off, don't have the balls to do it. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of artists who have taken from the community who never show back up into the community. And, and, and like you said, there's probably a reason why. And there's a fear that goes along with that. But when I'm saying, when you have accepted the responsibility, mm -hmm. like this young man did, it makes it 10 times worse to see what has happened. And that's why... The entire world is in an uproar because those who maybe don't like hip hop or really don't associate themselves with that kind of music understood this young man's journey. Well, I, I like I said, I had, uh, had a call with Queen Latifah from London and we were just talking about just life. Because I'm in the process of writing my first book. And in the book, it talks a lot about my childhood, my upbringing how I was shot, how I see my brother murdered. Wow. When my brother murdered, when my brother was murdered, I've told the story on the show before, but when my brother was killed, she was the person that, I never said this, but hmm. she was the person that stopped me from killing myself. Wait. Dana. Oh. Because I already had the relationship with her, but she had lost a brother and she just has this, and you know her, she just has this thing about her where you feel like Dana gonna have a good word for you. Wow. And so we're now going through the process of like explaining in detail what that experience was like, but she was the person that I talked to. And so when I was explaining to her on the phone that, you know, I need you to write the forward of this book because you are going to be such a big part of it. And she said, well, I don't understand how I'm such a big part of it because I don't think I've ever told her that. So I think that, you know, wow. um, people don't understand, like, especially when it comes to hip hop that, you know, these stories that people are telling are real stories that people are living every day. And so it's oh, yeah. not that we're glorifying Right. Something we're actually right. putting a mag we're putting a magnifying uh -huh. glass over what our families, our brothers, our sisters, our cousins have to go through every day in these communities. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's just a, wow. it's an unfortunate thing. But do you see a correlation between uh, Tupac and Nipsey? I see a correlation in so many ways. You know, um, left eye. Mm. You know, just right at the peak of her finding herself and finding her truth. You know, um, what you know, Biggie just watching him from the museum. I was at the museum that night and just, you know, having a conversation with him and saying, you know, I want to work with you. I want to work with you. You know, I've seen him in the living room with him and Pac, you know, and and then Tupac, you know, somebody who I thought had nine lives, you know, to, um, you know, I'm a California girl. You know, I didn't come to Hollywood to find fame. I was born and raised here and, Always dreaded having a young black son here. Mm. Did you ever have children? 
I do. I have two beautiful girls, and I'm going to be a grandma. Hey, really? Yo, yo, a grandmother? I know. I told, I told her. I told her. I told her. She's too fast for her britches. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you? So so as a mother, in you know, out here in these streets uh, yeah. and famous, how did you raise them to be? How to exist in this world that we live in? Well, I had I had great support first of all. Um, and they watched me. I mean, you know, I was it was real when it was real. It was, you know, and they traveled with me. Um, and I've experienced I've experienced my whole journey with my children. Um, Tiffany's 24, almost 25. Mm-hmm. Sinai is 15 and Sinai's got a chance to uh, reintroduce herself. I, I got a chance to do it over with her. So, you know, st- it's been a been it's been a journey, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's what interesting, you, like oh, go ahead. Sorry, I was going to ask you, Jason. What do you feel needs to change in the community with gun violence? Because you know we know your story, your mm-hmm. back story with your brother, and mm-hmm. you witnessed. I don't that. know the story. I mean, my my brother's story is a very personal one because you know people they know me and they know Hollywood a lot, but you know with Nipsey, I think the reason why that death resonated with me is because just in even hearing you talk about the tribute, right? Um, I've shared on the show, you know, my brother's passing very generally, but my, yeah. I was I was a foster kid. I grew up in a foster home. I grew up in group homes and foster homes. Wow. And so when you talk about trees, we didn't have branches around us as a kid. I remember walking the streets at seven years old with a key to my apartment. My mother was a prostitute and a drug addict. But my brother, Rodney, who is, he was more of a father figure than my own father was. Wow. So I told you I met Dana at 15. So well, I met Dana at 15 years old. We ended up becoming uh, friends, friendly. I would come down here to live in single and meet her. <clears throat> and when I saw her uh, uh, out here, let me back up. Before that, I met Dana. Three days later, I got shot in a drive-by. This is a true story. I get shot in a drive-by. I'm at a car wash at 15 years old. I get shot. And Dana had said, you know, if it's meant to be, you'll find me. So I was in the hospital and I had time to call 411 and find out where Queen Latifah from Living Single was. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I called 411, I called Fox, and I said, this is Queen Latifah's cousin. I was just shot, and I need to reach her. And so they, I didn't know the difference between a studio or a network, so they transferred me over to Warner. They gave me Warner Brothers' phone number. So I called over there, and I said, this is Queen Latifah's cousin, just got shot. They moved the phone around. Long story short, I ended up getting to Dana. Wow. And so she was just surprised at, one, how I'd even did this. I guess that was stalking back in the day. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I had got her on the phone, and I said, you told me you would give me your number. So she gave me her SkyPager number, and then she invited me to L.A. But when I had come to L.A., I had just seen, like, black people working, I mean, just on set. And I met MC Light, and I'm like, oh, well, this is, like, people aren't selling drugs. People aren't killing each other. Like, this is black excellence. I was only 15, 16, and had been coming for a while. Now, back home, I would leave here and go back home to a really... And where's home? Stockton, California. Okay. Really uh, gun-riddled community, a lot of violence, drugs, prostitution. Um, and so I'd gone back to that. So I, I'd lived in this weird world where I would escape to just come down and be around her and be around Burbank or L.A. Mm. to see the escape of where I came from. So at 19, I had built up the courage that, you know, college really wasn't working out for me. I'm going to go to L.A., I'm going to go work for Dana or somebody. I'm going to go work for Queen Latifah. I'm going to do something. <laughs> and um, so I have a going away party. Invite my brothers, my cousins, all my friends. And um, this girl got into a fight with another girl over a jacket. And she's pulled out a gun and shot in the club. So at the time, you know, I had uh, walked up to my brother. My brother had come. So my brother, you know, he was in the streets pretty heavy. So I walked up to him and I just said, you know, um, 
So, um, mm-hmm. so I walked up to him and I said, I love you. Now, I had never told my brother that. Mm. Men just don't say I love you, my mm-hmm. former wife. My father had never said that mm-hmm. to me. Right. So I just said, you know, I love you. And, uh, you know, he laughed. Mm. So I walked away and literally walked probably six steps and the gun went off. So I run out and I'm in a bowling alley. So I run out and uh, I'm waiting for him to come out. My brother was six, five, 230 pounds. He was very well respected in the street. So he's either in there making sure somebody's cool or he just is, I don't know. So he never came out. So the girl who shot the gun ended up going outside and shooting outside. So everybody started running back in with guns. So here I am, 19 years old, in the middle of this bowling alley. There's gunshots. So I actually run down the bowling alley lane, and I jump over. I, I go through the back, and I jump over the fence. As I'm coming over the fence, this lady's like, uh, are you riding his brother? I said, yeah. And she said, uh, oh, your brother just got hit. And I said, well, what do you mean? And uh, so she said, it just doesn't look good. So I went back inside. And so when I got there, you know, it was like really like slow motion, like out of your body kind of experience where – um, I was, I seen somebody laying on the ground, um, but I didn't know it was him at the time. So when I got up on him, um, you know, he was laying there with a, a hole in his head. Uh. And at that moment, you know, it still wasn't really real to me because this is just like it didn't seem real with Nipsey mm-hmm. from a distance because mm-hmm. of who he was in my mind. This would have mm-hmm. never happened to my brother, you know? And uh, so... He, so he, you know, we ended up going to the hospital. So when I got to the hospital, I, I told them, you know, I need to see my brother. So they uh, let me go in the back and see him, and he was dead. So that was my brother. And at the time, uh, wow. he, he had a two-week-year-old baby. Um, her name is Maite. And until this day, I still haven't sat down and talked to her. Because, and it's crazy, you just, when death happens, it's really weird. You haven't talked to her? We've had a conversation online. Wow. Through through face through, through Facebook. And why do you feel like you haven't talked to her? Um if you don't mind me asking. Because she was two weeks years old two weeks old when he died. So she she doesn't know him. And she wasn't raised to know him. And because she doesn't know him, it would be hard for me to sit there and talk to her mm. without her acknowledging him. Because that's he was very proud of being a father, you know? Mm. And mm. and so that so, you know, it's something that I have to deal with, because especially in writing this book, you know, and then describing in the book the details of, you know, him getting shot and, you know, uh, wow. uh, you know, just what it looked like in, in all of that, um, which was very descriptive. I don't want to get into, but it, it was a lot. And uh, yeah, our stories but matter. I, I don't think that. But the, the thing that makes it difficult is that I don't think I've loved anybody more than him. Wow. So there's times where, like, you know, I'll be hanging out with, you know, Floyd Mayweather, yeah. and I'll be like, you would have liked my brother. Wow. Or he'd have been like, how the fuck you become friends with Floyd Mayweather? I know, right? You know, because it's it, the innocence of a kid is robbed every day, and you really so don't true. know what's going to shape them. This death has shaped everything about me, how my, my personality. Relationships. How I don't, my relationships. Yeah. How I don't trust. Mm-hmm. You know, if I feel like something's going to be temporary, I'm out. Well, you we... Know? We all have been passionate, yes. and we've all found our purpose. Mm-hmm. So we just need to make it all our power and push forward. We do. I think we're all successful. Hearing your story reminds me of this play I'm doing, um, Billy the Play. 
And, you know, a lot of that stuff, you talked about your family life, the prostitution, your family. This, this movie, well, this play, I would love for you to come, and I'd like to invite you all out to come see I'd the play. Sure. It's called Billy, the play, and it, it, it takes place, a girl from Compton, her name is Billy, not Billy Jean, but Billy King. Mm-hmm. And um, same kind of story, my, dad was a pimp, mom was a prostitute, on drugs, family violence, and she succeeded. And, you know, the play is going to take place. I'm actually in it. We have some star characters. But I think it would be great if you come no, out. No, for sure. I would please, love to I'd love to invite yes, you please. all. Yeah, and definitely. I want to invite you all out to the school of hip-hop. Yeah. I'm there. Yes, because, you know, star power means a lot in our community. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And we are all leaders, and leadership is lacking. Yeah, for sure. Would, so come on down. Come on come over to, to my place. Teach a love DJ you. class for the kids. You know, yeah. all about All right, I'm going to hold you to it. Hey, I'm, I'm there. I told all right, you I already want to learn the DJ, and so come I'm going to be in the Wait, class. What, okay, so what are you going to teach? Um, well, I, I sing. I have a degree in radiation science okay. as well. So oh, you didn't know I have a degree on, in radiation queen. science? Okay. Oh, hold on. Wait. It's a, okay, yeah, it's a, wrong hand. Hilarious. <laughs> we couldn't get it. My pain. I know, right, right, but right. Yeah, so maybe science or something, or some something with education. I'd love it. I mean, yeah. I had a <clears throat> I had a youth conference once where we facilitated a conversation with the kids and actually a panel uh, called through their eyes where we let them talk about what how they see their community because mm. I will yeah. say when my brother died at nineteen, even though I was grown, I guess. I still was 19 years old. Yeah. And for some, you know, when somebody dies of cancer or heart, not a heart attack, but a cancer or something, you know, for the most yeah. part, you have some time to prepare. Yeah. Kids in our community see this stuff all the time. You right. know, there are kids right now who are probably struggling, understanding how did Nipsey get killed? How, why? What, what? Because of the impact he had on them. And I know that as a person at 19, I didn't have those answers. I had nobody giving me those exactly. answers or giving me a place to really process what yeah. I was experiencing. So, I mean, whatever I could do to help, I would love to. I'd love that because you are so right. We become numb and, yeah. you know, and, and really, you mm-hmm. know, death becomes like a void to us. I know I lost so many people coming out of my community, but also I'd like for you to come. I know this internet sensation is really buzzing. And I know that you just did an award show late, you know, for all of the, um, Successful, what do you call them? They call them, what's the word they oh, use social for? Impact. Yes. Yeah, yeah, we have, they we have a brunch coming up in a BET weekend. Social, oh, okay. social Impact brunch. Okay, yeah. so yeah, I, you know, kids are doing their own YouTube channels now. Yeah. My daughter Sinai has her own. She's pranked me millions of times. <laughs> now I just don't even pay her any attention. And I'm like, girl, please turn the camera off wherever it is and get out my face. But <laughs> kids are doing it and they're becoming very successful at it. So maybe we can do something like that with the kids for of the sure. school, Absolutely. you know, and get them into this new era of producing, production, yeah. engineering, right. behind the scenes, mic booms, cameras. Well, I've always said, if, you know, if kids just had a light at the end of the tunnel, yeah. they'll, they'll go towards it, but you right. got to give them that light. And and, and, not, and, 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 the, arts, and the arts are, are, are very inspiring for people who have aspirations. And love. Yeah. Because I but, see a lot absolutely. of people try a lot of things and they open up these programs and they start these programs, but you can get them in, but can you keep them? Right. And what keeps them there is love. Mm-hmm. Kids come back home. You know, I went to Jamaica real quick. Just say, I went to Jamaica and I asked the guy, I said, why are the goats tied up? Mm-hmm. And he said, well, the, the goats that are tied up, are the goats that don't come home, right. oh. they, they they don't mind their, their owner. They run wild. <laughs> wow. So, I mean, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Well, tie your goats up. I, well, I'd be that a tied-up goat. I just want to let you know. <laughs> well, listen, so, okay, so what's next? What's next? 
I know we have to just, you know, figure out a way to really honor him. And I'm not exactly sure what that is. I mean, I, I would love to invite, you know, more people out to support the school of hip hop, yeah. of course. Um, but that is, a, that's a, you know, I think that's, that's a, a line of discussion that we should have. Like yeah. what's, what's next? I think when you look at the legacy of Nipsey Hussle, it's always about community first. He cared about his community. He and did. I feel like if we all step up and do something for our community, that's the best way to honor somebody's legacy. So Maybe I know I'm going to take a stand. Together. Yeah. Maybe That's we should good. put something together. I'm, I'm down. I, I would love to because I think that for kids who are processing Nipsey Hussle's death, they also have a cousin, an uncle, a brother, or a friend who has a cousin, uncle, brother who Absolutely. has had the same experience. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can get the kids to write something. or Maybe, yeah. Like a writer's what are you workshop thinking? for the kids. You know what's like so crazy? Is, what's interesting just about, yeah. about this, this dope. about this opportunity is when I did this back home, I did this panel. And there was a kid on there that was a fourth grader. I went. To, they had asked me to speak at a school. So mm-hmm. when I went to the school, it was uh, all these fourth graders. And they were like, you met Beyonce? You know, they were asking crazy questions. <laughs> yeah. But one kid, he raised his hand. This is a fourth grader. Mm-hmm. And he says, um, have you ever been shot? Wow. And I said, huh? I mean, it literally took me, like it took me back because this was a group of fourth graders. And I said, yeah, yeah, I've been shot. And he goes, and all the kids are like, really? And he's like, really? And I said, yeah. I said, why you asked? He said, oh, my brother's a baby. He got shot. His brother, wow. his brother who was wow. uh, one years old who had, had been shot. So I invited this fourth grader to speak on the panel. So it was a fourth grader all the way through to an 18-year-old. Wow. Wow. And the perspective of each kid was just so crazy. So I would love to I be think that'll that. be good, It'd right? Be amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's a great idea. Yeah. 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 We, we need to hear from the community. We got to hear from the youth. That's what we do it for. That's our future. So we need to know what they're going through in real time. And we need to hear from more hip-hop legends in the game who who not only just created the game and shaped the game, but transformed the game. So I'm glad that we were able that to get part. together and talk. Yeah. And also to just say thank you, and I appreciate everything you've done for music and hip-hop and the community because I feel like we don't give each other enough of our flowers yeah. while we're here. And you deserve more than one bouquet. Yeah, so she deserves much. three. Thank we you. should have had flowers Aww. waiting for her. Well, you, you know I sent some flowers. I know, that's what I'm saying. We should have flowers <laughs> waiting for her. I sent some flowers. <laughs> she going to get the flowers of mine. Right. <laughs> well, I'm so happy to be here. Thank, thank you so much. Thank April. you. It was always good to see you. You too, Mama. I you to come in DJ. Well, of course, and now we're connected. Through. And of course. Yeah. You're great. We loved having you, Yo-Yo. Thank you Thank so you much. You got to come back again. Anytime. No, I'm okay. going to wait for you guys to come to the School of Hip Hop. Oh, yeah. We're going to create something in the name of Nipsey. We're going to bring Let's together all of our star yes. power. Let's do it. Yeah? Let's do it. We agreeing? I'm yeah. in. Anything you need, I'm there. 100%. Right. Thank you so much. All right, y'all. Right. Thank you for coming. Peace and love. We out. We out. Yeah. Thank you so much.